This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 46 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. Today I have with me in my podcasting studio my number three and only John John Rayo. I invited him to come today because we are going to talk hunting and trapping and he is going to tell us some of his best childhood memories and some of his favorite times that he spent outdoors doing what he loves to do best, hunt and trap. John John, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So tell us what you can remember as far back as you can remember growing up in the Rayo family. Well, we would always hunt. I, we would always get checked out of school on Friday, which was the best thing ever. And we would always miss school on Friday to go hunting. And when you asked the next week, when the teachers asked where you were, you could just brag about how you went hunting. So how did that go over with your friends and some of your teachers? Well, one of my teachers was vegan. Um, she respected it, and I respected her. But we would always make jokes about it and how she would joke about failing me because I'm gone hunting. And she ended up being one of your favorite teachers, right? Yes, she was. So you didn't ever put anything like that in her face, like on dress-up day, you would wear like an Arctic fox fur around your neck. You didn't do anything like that to her, did you? Um. Well, I might have wore an Arctic fox skin for Christmas, the last day before Christmas break to school, and she didn't like that. But you still passed the class. I still passed the class, yes. So tell me about one of the furthest back hunting trips that you can remember as a kid. Well, I remember this one time where I got checked out of school early and I went rabbit hunting And this place was full with rattlesnakes and ticks. And it was, the cabin we stayed at was full of wasps. And it was miserable the first night. But it it ended up being one of the funnest hunting trips I've been on because I shot 
more than five rabbits. And another workshop I remember was the turkey workshop, which was really fun because I got a chance to shoot out a turkey and I might have missed it, but it was still fun baiting a turkey to the blind and missing it, but it was fun baiting it. So why was it so memorable if you didn't even get an animal or if you missed your turkey? Why was it so fun for you? Because I remember all the wildlife we saw. We saw a peacock and two bucks. It, it was in a psyche deer, which was the first time I've seen that. So on some of the hunts that you've been on and you've got to go deer hunting and you're sitting in a blind with a guide and one of the most memorable hunts that you went on that I remember is your dad took you because you were drawn for a youth hunt and I received a text message and you had shot a deer and you were able to field dress this deer. You were taught how to do it properly and how to do it safely. And John, John, you actually cut the heart out of that deer and you held it with your little hands, with a grin from ear to ear on your face. And you told me, I heart you, mommy. And as a boy mom, there is no better gift that you could receive come across a text message from your little one who's on a youth hunt giving me a one-of-a-kind message saying how much he loves me. So now, John John, tell me about your favorite type of firearm. Well, when I go deer hunting, my favorite firearm is the .25-06. I got that for my seventh birthday, and my dad got it for half price, I think, because his friend and the gun owner chipped the butt of the gun. So he got it for half price, so it's a win for me and a win for him. We're all about the scratch and dent sales at our house, aren't we? Yes. So that's been a really good firearm for you. And one of the things that we used to do, especially for you, John John, because you always had a problem with eye dominance. So growing up, when we would put a firearm on your shoulder, you would tip your head all the way over to the other side and look through the scope with your opposite eye. So we would switch your gun to the other shoulder, and then you would tip your head the other direction and look through the scope with your other eye. So we've battled your eye dominance for several years until finally um, we found out later that eye dominance tends to switch frequently in young people. And it's always advisable to shoot on the shoulder that your dominant eye sits. So if you are a right-handed person, but your left eye is your dominant eye, you always want to switch over and shoot under your left eye. So shoot on your left shoulder. So we did that with you, John John. Finally, you're right-handed, but your left eye dominant. So we switched you and now you shoot very well and very successfully on your left shoulder. So during deer season, we would always have a tripod set up in our living room and it was pointed out our backyard towards our garden. And we would always mount a a deer rifle, of course, action open, safe gun, no ammunition. We would mount that firearm on that tripod and we would put a stool right next to it. And so every day when you'd come home from school, you would sit and you would practice your breath control, 
you would practice aiming, you would practice your trigger squeeze until you became a very skilled and very slow, steady rifle shooter. Do do you remember what the test dad did? Tell me about it. He would pull out a nickel or a quarter, and then he would put it on the barrel of the gun. That I think this trick is what um, Papa or his dad taught him. And he would put the quarter on the barrel of the gun, and as he squeezed the unloaded gun out the window, um, if you do it right and if you squeeze it slowly, the quarter shouldn't fall off the barrel. But if you pull it then and jerk the trigger, trigger sorry, uh, the quarter would fall. So this test just got you used to the squeezing of the trigger. And how well did that work for you? Um, it took me a while to get it down. It was very hard at first, but then I got it down and I'm good at it now. That's right. So it's a good skill that you can practice at home with your unloaded firearm to practice your fundamentals, practice that aiming, the breath control, the trigger squeeze, and importantly, the follow through. So we did those little techniques to help John John become a better shooter. And it definitely has paid off over the years because he's been on several youth hunts and he has taken several animals. So tell me about another opportunity that you went on, like maybe at our friend Mr. Frank's place. Well, I we always go to Mr. Frank's place to go trapping, to go shooting. And every time we go down there, it's almost always raining. So dad would always take me to the blind. And I remember one time that I went with Mr. Frank, uh, my dad's friend, a landowner. And my youngest brother, Luke, went with dad. So we were in the blind about like ready, we're propped up, ready for a deer to come out. And then I remember my dad calling me, asking us to get him help because he had fallen down in the mud knee deep and he couldn't find a sock. So he was roaming around in the mud, crawling to find a sock and we never found it. (laughs) So you had to stop your hunt to go find your dad's sock. Yes. And you remember that hunt because? Because it was so funny watching him (laughs) crawl and find a sock. So the point of that story is not all hunting memories are ending in a successful hunt, right? Some of those stories can end with um, just a funny happening that happened. I remember a trip that we went on. This was actually a fishing trip when we were up in Wyoming at one of our annual voyages that we do. And a friend of ours up in Wyoming took us to a fishing hole that he knew of. And he also didn't tell us that there would still be about six feet of snow um, back in the mountain lake that he found. And so we did. We parked our vehicle and we had to go through pretty much thigh high deep snow. And again, being on the coast in Texas, we are definitely not prepared for that kind of um, a fishing expedition. And so we were going through the snow and it was kind of soft and similar story where your dad, um, every step he took, he sunk all the way down until his upper thigh and he couldn't get out. And so he was mad. He was throwing his cowboy hat. He was dropping fishing gear all over the place. And we couldn't stop laughing because watching a Texan 
you know, at zero degree altitude, you know, usually go up into the high altitudes on the mountain and like, what, 11,000 feet we were, can't catch your breath. You know, you can't laugh too hard because you really can't catch your breath because you're laughing so hard. And then watching your dad be trudging through the snow and slipping and tripping and falling with every step he took, trying to get back to that fishing hole. So that's my favorite memory of trying to get to a location and having another dad story losing something in the snow or the mud. So tell me about your um, trapping experiences. With trapping, it's always fun, mainly at nighttime, because we can, after we set the traps out, we just go to bed, or we're excited for the morning because we know we're going to catch some animals, because every time we trap, I'm always catching animals. And then the nighttime in the cabin is fun because everyone at the trapping place is just hanging out, having fun, telling jokes and stories. And then in the morning, we go out, find animals, and have fun. So what's your favorite trapping story? Our friend, Mr. Keith, the one that takes us on the trapping trips every year, he was so mad because he could never catch a skunk. So our my mom's friend, Mr. Randy, went to a dollar store, bought a toy skunk, and then brought it back, and then we put it in his trap. So the next morning when he came out, he was so excited that he caught a skunk. Like he was like so happy. I've never seen him that happy. But when he found out it was just a toy, it was the funniest jaw-dropping moment. And he was just shocked and mad at us that we did that. So something like that. I mean, of course, we took lots of pictures and we always posted all those kinds of pictures on social media just to show him that, you know, we out-trapped him, we out-skunked him, right? Yes. So now that you are getting older, um, is there anybody that you can think of that you've introduced to hunting or trapping just through your passion and your love of getting outdoors and doing outdoor activities? Is there anybody that you've shared your stories with that you've you've piqued their curiosity and you've um, invited with you and, and turned them into a, an outdoorsman? Yes. Um, my friend, Ethan... He has never touched a gun in his life, and he's always been wanting to, and then he met me. So we, I think last month we took him to the range, and it was his first time shooting a pistol, and it was, he said it was the funnest moment of his life when he shot that pistol, because it was so fun, and he said he wants to do it again. So that's part of why we do what we do, is hunting is a heck of a lot more fun, shooting is a lot more fun when you bring somebody with you. And you both have the same interest and you can introduce your your passion and your skills and share it with somebody else. And you can, you know, take a person and make them into a hunter and a shooter. And it's a lot of fun to help a new person, you know, get excited about the things that we're excited about. And it's really fun, you know, again, as a mom to watch my kids do this and to introduce um, their friends and their circle of, of people that may have never even considered the last thing they would do is to handle a firearm or to go hunting. And when you teach somebody the right way to do it, the safe way to do it, it makes that experience a whole much, whole bunch more enjoyable. We also have this other family friend that my oldest brother Dominic is friends with, um, Aiden. He, his parents are were very anti guns. They did not like the thought of holding a gun. They didn't like the thought of owning a gun and other people owning a guns, and it was very that mindset. And then we brought 
Aiden and his younger brother Enon to Boy Scouts. And we gave Aiden the opportunity to shoot a BB gun at first. And then over time, we slowly prog- progressed Aiden into shooting, hunting, camping, fishing, all of that. And now his dad and Aiden are good shotgun shooters and they go out very often to the range and hunting. And he is also in this hunting crew that my mom has started. And he is always one of the first people to sign up to the hunts. And because of us, his life and his, he's very open minded about guns. And he would have never thought to even touch a gun before meeting us. So that was cool. Yeah, that's really fun to watch our friends transform. And it's really a neat experience to watch your kid, especially your kid, introduce another kid to shooting and hunting. And then that kid gets their parents on board. So it's kind of that reverse psychology mindset where – um, you know, the parents not introducing the kid, the kids actually introducing their own parents and explaining, you know, why it's fun and why they should get involved and why they should do it as a family activity. And to get to actually watch that transformation of people that, again, have never showed an interest in firearms. And just because they hang out with my kids or my family, now all of a sudden, you know, we've introduced them and now we all share that same common interest. And that's the neat thing about hunting and the shooting sports is we are a community, a worldwide community that there's, I don't think there's another, you know, group of people like us that everywhere you go, I mean, you just, you always have a friend in the hunting and the shooting, shooting world. And I've seen that my whole career. I've seen that my whole life. Anytime that we're involved around firearms, safety, hunting in the outdoors, there's just that network of people that are all in it for the same mission, you know, doing it safely, you know, promoting our sport for future generations and getting more people out there to do it safely. Can I share another story? Of course. Okay. Um, This last February was my first time ever going on an exotic hunt. And then I was the first one between my brothers to shoot an Axis doe. And my brothers did not get something on that hunt because it was very, um, very low in movement between the deer that time because it was cold. But I was fortunate to get to shoot the Axis, Axis deer, which was very, a good memory I have. And it was very cool because I've never seen or shot an Axis until now. So I love hearing all these memories through through your eyes and different experiences. I was on those same trips and had those, you know, very similar memories, but hearing it through, you know, through your mind, through your mouth, it's pretty cool to see, you know, through your eyes what what those experiences meant to you. So in conclusion, is there anything else that you would like to say to to wrap this up? Yes. Every time that I go on a hunt, Every flying insect always finds its way to our blind. And I don't know how my mom doesn't get scared, but every single time there's mud daubers, yellow jackets, wasps all around the whole blind, and it's so scary. And then it's very... And I've seen moves come out of John John that I've not seen at the best dancers out there, right? Yes. The way you wiggle and shake to get away from their flight path. It's scary. It can be scary out there. 
But those are cool memories too, right? Because we're sitting in the blind trying to keep our giggles really – well, I'm giggling. John John's not and so much giggling. But. There, there was this one yellow jacket that landed on my gun right before I was going to shoot a deer. And I had to think if I was either going to get shoot a deer but get stung by a yellow jacket or just not shoot the gun and let the yellow jacket be. But fortunately, I shot the gun and he didn't sting me. And I was on God's good side that day. Right. <laughs> and look at the memories that you have to share, right? Well, thank you for sharing your time with us today because, as you know, there is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you've heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow us on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, a mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.